you are listening to Takedowns to Breakdowns. So this is one of those few rare occasions where I get to speak first. Um, For the record, before you continue, you can always speak first. It's not my show. It's our show. And I, I would love to not have to shoulder the responsibility as much. So if you want to do more, please, by all accounts, run the show. Very true. Very true. Um, so I know the the question is going to come up at some point, um, but I, I wanted to bring this up first. Um, okay. So inspiration and determination are two positive factors when it comes to having goals and yes, achieving them. Yes. I agree. Um, and unfortunately, uh, there are some negative things that can impact those two positive things. And um, one of them is depression, which a lot of people fall victim to, and some people get it uh, more often than others. Uh, there are different levels of it. And um, I am a victim of it, and I have been for a couple decades now. And the last month or so, it's kind of hit me, more so the last maybe two and a half weeks. And... Um, I haven't been inspired or determined when it comes to the weight loss thing. Um, and unfortunately, last week, my uh, the thing I was supposed to work on was trying a different workout regimen, trying something new. Researching the and GSP water stuff, right? Yes, that, I mean, we, we also discussed even just trying out RushFit again, doing uh, maybe attempting insanity, although we, we kind of agreed that might have been, you know, overkill, maybe give insanity the, the is, switch game. Insanity is over, always overkill in my book, but yes. Right. You know, perhaps give the switch game um, another chance, maybe stick with it a little bit longer before uh, giving my opinion. Um, right. And I'm always very open and honest with you when it comes to down to progress or anything. Yeah, you don't, you don't hide or, or lie or anything. You always are brutally honest about it. So all last week, again, um, you know, the, the depression came up and... Um, I had no determination, no inspiration. I was completely inactive all last week. I ate like sh I ate very shitty. Um, I'd say about think of it like a relapse, right? So okay. I'd say about maybe five times last week. I ate shit. Yesterday was the last day, and it was really just like a wake-up call. Again, um, you know, just eating it for lunch, and then again for dinner, just shit. And it made me realize, like, no matter what I do... Um, To try to stay on this path, I'm always going to just enjoy these things. And granted, like many people do, you know, and it's okay to have a cheat day once in a while or whatever, but it just does something different for me. Like when you have it, you mean? Yeah. Um... And, and just to be clear, 
I went all liquid diet today because I'm going to water fast the rest of the week just to flush my body out. Um, so, I mean, I am more in control than I was, you know, let's say four or five years ago, but man, last week, uh, I just couldn't say no. Well, and it reminded me of how I was years ago and just not wanting to do anything physically. Um, and it sucked. And the, like I said, the, de- the determination was gone. The inspiration was gone. And I want to apologize to you because I, I, not only do I feel like I, I fail myself when I get into these situations, but then it's like I feel like I fail you because you took time for the last few years, you know, having me over, taking me to your gym, uh, trying to get me motivated, showing me new things that, you know, I've never even heard of, experienced. Um, you know, so I, I, I kind of feel like a letdown. Um, but this week I am getting back on track. I am taking another vaca- uh, vacation next week, so I'll be off, which means I will be putting in even more physical activity get my body back into it, my mental state going again, back on the right track. Um, it's kind of weird to con- like co- even compare it to a drug or alcohol addiction. No, it's but, not. No, it's not. Um, I don't think so. I honestly believe like I have a food addiction. It's, it's just, it was weird how I felt. Um, just from food. Right. Well, um, well, well, don't feel bad to me. Like, as you know, I've been talking to you about stuff like this for years. It's not because it's like you're my project. It's just you're my friend. And that's you just come along for the ride. And it's just like, yeah, cool. Mikey's in on this. That's really all it is. So don't don't feel bad about it. Like, also, when you're fighting depression, like. There are deaths to, to depression, and the thing that sucks about depression, which sounds like for you, I don't know, I'm not a fucking doctor, genetic uh, predispositions or genetic levels of depression, those aren't easy things to just, though, that's like, genetic stuff is not just a simple like, oh, go to therapy, you'll be great. That's not how genetic depression works, you know, I'm sure it does for some people, because there's always anomalies, but like... Dude, there's a lot of people that, for a genetic reason, they cannot overcome it. I don't think it's a fault or anything like that. But it explains, essentially, like, what you're saying. It explains how you feel. You know what I mean? It explains um, the stuff that you've always said, kind of about the food. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I mean... um and mind you, I, I, I've had my cheat day here and there, but uh, this was the first time in a while that I had, you know, just shit almost every day or every other day. But the good thing was, was I was able to snap out of it yesterday, you know, and not and, and realize like I cannot go back to that place. I can't do that to my body my health. Um, and I keep telling myself, you know, when you get on that scale, make sure that first number is not a two, you stay under 200, no matter what. Um, and I have been, I have been surprisingly, I only gained three pounds. Um, but it's still three pounds gained and I'd rather three pounds lost. So I'm going strict this week, back on a, I don't even know what kind of diet at this point. I don't know if I'm going to try something new, maybe go back to keto, um, and try to just stay focused and try to feel inspired. I don't know what it was the last almost three weeks, but 
um, it's just not there. No motivation whatsoever. I don't know. I mean, I had that in regards to the martial arts training. I think you remember, I remember talking to you about that, about how it was like, I just, I'm forcing myself to get in this car to go to class right now. And I don't know why. And it's not like I don't care because when I show up, I care. And when I show up, I'm yeah. at the end of class, I'm glad I did it. But it's, I didn't want to, like the whole drive to class is just like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to be going. I don't want to be here. This is going to be the worst thing ever. And I don't know if it was because martial arts does this thing. And it's, I can't really compare my martial arts experience and my difficulties with that to something like a genetic disorder of, of having depression or, or something like that. But like the failing part in martial arts, you can't, I can't hide from, do you know what I mean? Like I can hide with excuses and almost everything like, Oh, I just never developed the technique to shoot the puck. Well, that's why I can't shoot. Right. Oh, you know, it's cause my skates don't fit or, Oh, you know, I could totally push up more weight, but I just, you know, my back hurts today or something like it's, it's easy to kind of like, come up with excuses in martial arts you can't and that's the thing that's super hard because in martial arts i would just get my ass kicked <laughs> and it's like why did you get your ass kicked it's like i just i'm not good enough like i'm just not good enough i'm too small i'm too weak i don't have the technique i'm not experienced and i got like literally kicked multiple times <laughs> like across the body and like i couldn't touch yeah. him because he kept sidekicking me like um and i think for me martial arts that martial arts journey was and I, and I know like Joe Rogan fans will always will laugh at this because he always talks about the breakdown of ego through psychedelics. I feel like my ego got broke in martial arts because I always thought like, oh, I can handle myself or oh, I, I will totally I, I could totally fight because I, I, I'm willing it and because I want it. So therefore, because of my want and that will to want, it will happen. And it didn't fucking mm. happen for like six years. Um and I still don't think I can fight the majority of people, but I think I can hold my own now. But I don't know, man. I, th- I think in your situation, it's hard because it's a cycle, it sounds like. And you can't control that as much as I think you think you can. Not that I'm some kind of master of psychology, but like, I don't think you can control a lot of it. Like, again, a genetic disposition to depression is a completely outside your control and b you're fighting like you're literally fighting your genes to try to to try to try to change something i don't question your will or your desire clearly it's there but like it's super hard man to fight something that's in your blood that you can't control um i don't know like like i don't know an answer i I don't want to i don't want to put you back into a cycle and foster a cycle of like you having to do like a hard fast style or I don't know if you actually looked at the GSP fasting thing that he he's been up to, but like, yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah. Oh, before I continue, what did you think of it? It's, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm like inspired to just try it myself this week. You know, um, again, I, I went liquid when I say liquid, I I had shakes today. I'm going to have a shake for dinner, but then starting tomorrow, nothing but water. Is that what Probably he until is that what he does? Does he do like strict for, water two day fast or like what does he do? Well, I know he he yeah. Well, for the most part, yeah, it's like uh, mostly water fasting, um, intermittent, you know, here and there, a meal a day. Okay, okay, but I figure you know until the end of the week. Uh, just do water fast maybe until Friday. I don't want to like go overboard. Um, and then maybe do shakes over the weekend. But. Yeah, I mean, for the record, because you said something and I wanted to tell you that you were 100% correct. When you said it's almost like a drug. Um, I don't know if you know this. It There's been studies shown that it is. Oh sure. Like scientists scientists have have tried and manufactured like addictive properties to food so for business. Mm. Like it's actually something that I saw they've been having problems with India 
because they've been trying to find a way to have frozen dinners be as good as they are for Indian cuisine in India because Indian cuisine, as you know, cuisine is so varied and savory with the herbs that they use and the spices. Mm -hmm. They can't replicate it. They cannot accurately replicate that flavor with the addictive properties that they want in order to have business. Mm -hmm. So they can't venture into India fast enough. So they are still losing to street vendors in India because they cannot compete with the speed and the taste that the street vendors are putting out, even when they go to supermarkets. So they just can't compete. They can't. They cannot create and formulate the crack-like qualities they want to put in, into the fucking tiki masala that they can sell out in uh, in India. So they've been having problems the food industry as a whole, which is why you never see anything in India with prepackaged foods. It's almost all entirely fresh foods. And it's because there's That's so much involved in their cuisine, it's too hard yeah. to replicate. So they're still trying to crack the code of like, I mean, they can make it. It just tastes like crap. They're like, oh, here's tiki masala. And like, it tastes like crap and it's, um, we're not going to have it. So they can't find that balance of like the perfect amount of flavor with the addictive properties in order to hit the market. Mm. Like, you know, you can easily in the United States. So, yeah, 100%. Don't think that you are, I would say, don't beat yourself up too much about that part because that part has been scientifically proven that there is a drug quality to fast food and frozen food and stuff like that by design. Like they do it on purpose because that's how they get business to come back. Absolutely. And it's it's kind of funny too um, <laughs> because literally I want to say sometime mid last week my wife and i were eating fast food and that movie supersize me was on (laughs) and we're literally making comments like wow like and here we like what hypocrites we are and we're still eating it (laughs) it's not like we decided to stop you know right right i mean if it helps you feel better um something that i've gotten into uh out since covid started and shutdown happened um i've been eating a lot more uh I guess you could say processed meat. Like I've been having a lot of cheeseburgers. Like there's a red robin down the street. There's a five guys down the street. I had five mm. guys for the first time in years, like a few weeks ago. And the burgers are fantastic, but the fries, I haven't had that much salt in so long. It hurt. Like I had some fries and I was like, Oh my gosh, like that's, it, it, it's painful. Like, it's hurting my tongue. It's so much salt. Because I haven't had... First of all, Five Guys fries are just exceptionally salty in the market of fries. Like, if you have mm. McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, Arby's, like, you put them all in a line. Shake Shack, In-N-Out, Smash Burger, Five Guys. Five Guys is like four times the salt quantity of any other fries out there, except maybe McDonald's. Um, I remember having the fries, and I was like, this is insane. The amount of salt, like I can't get the salt off of it. The salt taste. Mm. They just like I feel like they just have a giant mixing bowl of just kosher salt. They just pour fries into it. They just shake them out like they're sh- like shaking out for diamonds, and then just throw the fries into a bag. Like there's so much salt and it hurts. Um, but the burgers are so freaking good. Like I haven't had a Five Guys burger in so long, and now it's like once a week. I'm always like, oh man, Five Guys, that's so good. It's so heavy mm. and it hits so hard and the fries are too salty, but like they make a damn good burger. And this is from a guy who's like super, super like, oh, Whole Foods, like I eat like nothing but pure greens and all this other stuff. Like I still, it's not like I don't like that stuff, you know, it's, it's just, yeah, I just don't want you to beat yourself up too much because again, from a genetic standpoint, it's really mm. hard to fight that battle. But also the yin-yang forth with those types of food, it's very easy to fall into a disorder, like an eating disorder level, because you cannot counteract the impact of that food fast enough. And when you have it, you know it's bad because your body is like, what the fuck is this? But your body is also mm. like, it's basically hitting everything at, at like a scale of 20 when you only have a dial up to 10. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a bite into a cheeseburger that you make at home <laughs> versus... A, an in and out or a fucking five guys cheeseburger when you have a bite into that 
your brain responds differently for a reason. It's not just like, oh, they use better meat. It's like, no, you could have just fresh ground your own, like, <laughs> prime roast and chuck beef to make your own fucking meat patty. And you smashed it the same way and you did everything the same way at home. It still won't be mm-hmm. the same because it's not the fucking scientific designed made cheeseburger that comes from a five guys factory so like right so it's hard man i i think it's um it's really hard i don't think it's as easy as perhaps the pedestal looks and i don't think you're weak or wrong for having your quote-unquote like relapse or anything like that because the reality of it is you have a lot of things scientifically working against you in this kind of situation (laughs) yeah like it's pretty fucking hard um Ari Shafir actually uh from a depression standpoint he he has a genetic problem with depression and it took mm-hmm. it, he couldn't turn the corner until he had antidepressants like until he started taking antidepressant medicine and then he was like I feel normal finally and he was like he was like I was on 8 years of therapy like and I was going through all these drugs and I didn't want to take them and then finally I just said like I'll try another one I tried one that was recommended and it worked and I feel great, but it took like forever for him to get there. So there's more, it, the, the hill is steeper than it looks, I guess, in your case, when it comes to yeah. something like that and food, like dude, food's hard, man. Food's hard. Like, especially, like I said, with COVID shutdown, the COVID shutdown, I've had nothing but like Red Robin, five guys in Chipotle in the immediate five mile radius of me. Mm-hmm. So there's been like nothing else to eat besides that. So like it's it's rough. It's rough. Yeah. It's hard. So that's my that's my response to that. I would say good on you for for recognizing all this though. Yeah. For you know, I I I guess the one thing, you know, to to really help anybody that kind of goes through what I do, it's to admit, you know, because it's very easy to hide something like that. Um obviously you can't hide weight gain, especially if it's a tremendous amount. Um, but there's a lot of closet eaters and I used to be one. So it's very helpful to just admit it on the spot and just recognize the issue and try to take care of it as quickly as possible before it does lead to something destructive. Yeah. Dude. So Acknowledging is the that, first step. Absolutely. And that's hard. I mean, I mean, we don't have to spend the entire episode about like my opinions on. So like, like a bag of chips, right? Like a bag of chips. Mm-hmm. The impact of a bag of chips, like the impact it can have on somebody, is insane. And like, and I don't just yeah. mean like, oh, well, I ate a bag of chips because I was watching TV. Oopsie doopsie. I mean like the fact that like that's. Uh, a stone in the river of a system that's set up by, you know, the Frito-Lays Corporation that they want you to be eating this salty, crunchy thing. So it's been developed to be addictive for you to have this. But what does that do? That reinforces the desire and the craving to have more of it. And what does that do? That then puts you... This is going to go into a huge a huge um, ramble a huge rant about how like the large scale corporations and lobbyists kind of put everything together to work through getting your money with poor health from addictive foods. You have to rely upon a health system that's expensive, that's provided and Mm -hmm. subsidized for you through an expensive insurance company, which is done for like per payer. Like I can go through the whole fucking, my whole opinion on (laughs) how I feel about how, I can't stop eating chips, quote unquote, or man, those fries are just so good, quote unquote, can impact you beyond just like, oh, now I have like physical problems from it. And then you like you go into the mental aspect and then you tie this into the physical aspect. And then you have society and culture with entertainment selling you uh, like the image and ideal uh, perception of what it means to be worthy. And then because of that, you go through the fitness industry and that's a sell to try to get you to look like that image and then that image isn't easily attainable so then you have to go through a different part of the health service industry through like mental or physiological support in order to find the way to get yourself through that it's fucking insane like the whole system is rigged against you long story short that's (laughs) it's it's all rigged against you all because 
the fries are too good. Like it's that simple. It's really that simple. And it's crazy. And that's why I think there's more to the idea of like, oh, whole foods are just good for you. I, I look at it like, yeah, it's good for you, but I feel better having stuff like kale and baby bok choy or or just eggs and sardines is my protein. But like I think the bigger part of it is that it's a, it's like it's a growing middle finger to that system. It's like, oh, well, if I don't get into a physical state of disrepair that requires the health service industry and like the like I don't need health services in order to rebuild myself and and then I have to worry about paying it going through the insurance company, then I don't become a a pawn or a cog into the infrastructure of what we have now with like this large scale corporate lobbyist control of everything of how the, yeah. the quote unquote system of society moves where like, for example, why do you, why do you get a cheeseburger and fries? It's good, but you know why it's also, it's good. It's cause it's cheap and it's quick. I can get a filling meal. That's tasty for what? Six bucks, seven bucks. Like by doing that, what is that from? Oh, that's because you don't have enough time in your day. How come you don't have enough time in your day? You have to worry about your <laughs> about the time you have to spend working, and then you have to spend worry about the time you spend working on top of the time you have outside of that. Like, let's say you have to take care of stuff at home. Let's say you have a family you have to take care of. Let's say you have to pick somebody up and like like a kid. Or you have to worry about school. You have to worry about extracurricular activities. You have to worry about child development. Like every single little piece of the puzzle, if you just look at what's above it that creates that it's it's easy to begin seeing like man this cheeseburger is good and it's because i don't have time why don't i have time well it's because i have work and work takes up a lot of my day well what can i get from work well i can get from work i can uh i get money and what can i spend that money on i can spend it on food because i don't have a lot of time well then the food ends up causing problems with me physically well then i better go see a doctor well the doctor is going to require insurance to see okay well i need to have insurance and that's going to take money from my work that I spend so much time on. So I have to work even more now and I have to save up and that leaves less time for me to have fun and feel good. So that means I have to fill that with other things like chips. And like, mm. You know what I mean? Like it's, 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 do you see what I mean? How it's like a system, like the system was, is, I don't think it was designed by any kind of one architect or entity. It's just, it was a need. Hey, we need yeah. money. We need to work harder people. And then you get money. And then it's like, no, not now I don't have time. I was like, wait, well, hey, have some chips so you can just keep going. Or have a, t- have a sandwich, just keep going. Have have a Hungry Man or a Devour frozen meal. Just have that and keep going. Well, this is really good. Oh, man, now my blood pressure is really high after a few years of doing this because I'm working so hard and I haven't had time to really do much outside of this. Um, oh, you have high blood pressure. Well, then you need higher blood pressure medication, but you got to get tested. So you got to go to a primary physician. Can you afford a primary physician? Like what's your insurance company? Oh, that's your insurance company. Okay. Well, you can only go to these people and they can only be seen at this time. So now you got to take time off of work, which puts you in the hole even more. So you need to even compensate for the loss of money there. (laughs) And then it just keeps going and going. And then people keep seeing the, it's capitalism, right? It's a way to see what's needed and you can capitalize, hence the term capitalize in capitalism you can capitalize on this opportunity where oh look there's a need here and i can fulfill that need so mm-hmm. here i am going to jump in and i'm going to make sure people can't afford health insurance because we have stagnant wages well thanks to my insurance company you can afford everything with just a 35 dollars copay it is going to take though 340 dollars out of your paycheck every two weeks <laughs> and it's like yeah okay <laughs> fuck you know what i mean so and then it's like, well, what are you going to do? Is it fun to like prep veggies and meat and cook all the time? No, it's not. Well, then why don't you just, you know, stop in uh, McDonald's or just stop in Starbucks and get a sandwich to go? Isn't that so much easier? It's only five seventy five, and you get about 600 calories and that's enough to get you by for a few hours, right? You can keep running. Grab a coffee while you can so you can stay awake because you have no sleep because your sleeping patterns are fucked because you've been on a weird cycle ever since high school getting up at six o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Rant over, but long story short, what I'm trying to say is there's so much more to it that like, I don't know. I don't, I just, I don't hold it against you. <laughs> that's, that's what all that's well, trying to say. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> all of that that I'm trying to say is that it's it just, it, I don't blame you. I, I, I have nothing against you for it. It's because of everything I just said. I, I understand the system and its impacts. I, I, I've been, I live in the system, so I know what it's like. Um, and yeah, it's hard and it's really hard. And then like, and then there's situations like you where there's an added variable that's out of anybody's control. And that is you were just given the shit card of having depression. It's like, cool. Can't control that one. But here yeah. you go. 
Oh, you want to take care of it? Ooh, well, you're going to have to take like a day off. You got to find a, a therapist to talk to, hopefully, a, or a psychiatrist who can actually prescribe medicine if you need it. And then got to make sure your insurance can cover it. And can you see them on a daily, on a weekly basis? Can you afford that even? Oh, that's going to be another 80 bucks per week. Can you afford another? Oh, well, you got to work more. Can you get another side job maybe? Can you uh, see what I mean? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, I, I'm not surprised that, uh, especially in America, we tend to eat our young in that sense where it's like, pull yourself up by the bootstraps because anybody who has any place of where they feel like they can relax, they feel like they had to bleed, sweat and cry for it for their life. You know what I mean? Like, so when Mm -hmm. people say that, I don't think it's as simple as saying like, well, just toughen up kid, like get good and work hard. Like, I think there's way more to it than that. Um, especially for those who are born into good situations. Like imagine being born as like the son to Bill Gates. Like, huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good situation, right? But we all don't get that card. Somebody, some people get depression cards. So we don't really yeah. all have that uh, advantage. So, yeah, it's, it's hard, man. It's hard. I think, um, I think, I think the fact that you acknowledge it is a huge step. It's a huge step because I think that means you know what you're dealing with. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. putting it out there in the open is like, I now know why I, don't give a shit about this. You know what I mean? Instead of mm. just like, ah, oh, fuck it. I don't want to do it. And you just go under that guys, go under the guise of understanding like, no, there's something, uh, there's something bigger at play here. So, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I mean, I completely agree with that. Like I, certain things, you know, just are absolutely just out of my control, especially if, if it is genetics, but it's just a shame that I, 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 I still have that potential to fall vulnerable to it. And, uh, you know, but like I said, and like you were saying, you know, I, I'm at that point where I could at least rectify the situation, take care of it immediately. So that's the upside to all of this. Um, the downside is the downside is the year 2020 is probably the worst year to try to be happy in. Very true. <laughs> this is yeah. like the shittiest year ever. So it's a little, it's a little hard. It's even shitty in the MMA world, man. Um, I think I sent it to you about uh, Habib's dad dying from COVID. I didn't know it was COVID related. Yeah, it was COVID. Um, he went in for I think heart issues, and then he had he caught COVID, and then he <sighs> it was complications from COVID because he couldn't recover. Uh, it was the lung issue where they can't breathe. So he got put into a medically induced coma to try to give his body rest in order to recover. And then his, he wouldn't mm-hmm. wake up from it. Damn. Yeah. And he was what? In his late fifties? Uh, 57, 58. Yeah. yeah mid to late fifties, mid to late fifties. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. I mean, I, I don't know much about, um, his father, but from what I, what I'm seeing from other people's comments, I mean, it seemed like he was, uh, a huge, I guess, name in the martial arts community or in Dagestan, uh, yeah, Sambo or yeah, in Dagestan. Yeah. He he was known for taking kids off the street and like so they wouldn't go into gangs or into military stuff. And he would and he would give them basically Sambo wrestling MMA training, and um, that's why Dagestan is just a country full of MMA fucking killers. Um, it's yeah. because of it's really because of this one guy who kind of <laughs> I think mean, Habib, his son, obviously put Dagestan on the map, but the Dagestanis that train are all because of Habib's dad. So it's really because he was like, Well no no no, come inside, you're gonna learn Sambo. Mm-hmm. And they were like, What? He was like, Come inside, I'm gonna show you Sambo. And then they just everybody loved it and, and he pre proved how effective it was and then every guy like Habib on the map who uh who just, you know, shines a big spotlight on the effectiveness of his dad's teachings because his dad was like his primary coach. Yeah. So there's a lot of rumors. I don't know if you saw that um Habib's not gonna fight. That that's very interesting. Well, I mean like he'll retire. You know, he's un- he's undefeated. His his primary coach and his father just died, so he won't have his dad in his corner. Maybe he doesn't want to have a career without his dad. So he's just like, you know what? I'll just retire on top. Well, I was just going to say that. I mean, it seems like with their uh, their upbringing, you know, like 
family's a big deal. Not that family isn't a big deal for everybody, but for them, it's like down to the core. I mean, you know, they when they say they fight for their country, I mean, it's it's literal. Yes, you know, and um, I I honestly believe that's the reason. You know, I mean, not only did he, not only was it a father, but it was it was one of his coaches and. You know, obviously a huge inspiration for him uh, to even be in the sport, in the business. So, you know what? I mean, I respect with whatever he decides to do. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate that this would be the reason why he retires. But at the same time, he could say he had a very successful career undefeated. Um, It's just unfortunate that we won't get to see any possible, you know... Um, crazy fights, you know. But then again, Conor McGregor, who knows what's going on with him. He's you know, retired. It would have been nice to see. No, well, <laughs> re- yeah, quote unquote retired. But it just would have been interesting maybe to see that fight, like like a, a, a second, like a rematch between them. But you know what? I, I t- completely understand and respect this, the, you know, the circumstances. And, uh, yeah, just crazy year. Crazy year, man. All I think about is like there's two main things I think of, and it's uh, when it was Ally Quinta versus Khabib Nurmagomedov, and every time and Khabib was just striking, he was not taking Al down, and everybody's like, mm. "Oh man, Al's like so good on his takedown defense. He's stopping uh, Nurmagomedov," and it was all because no, he Khabib just wanted. He was to, just being nice. He just wanted to fight. <laughs> he just wanted to throw hands. Yeah. And every time he went yeah. back to the cage side, um. Uh, what's his name? Javier Mendez, uh, from AKA was uh would be like, what are you doing? Why why are you throw why are you striking with him? And Khabib just wouldn't say anything. He's like, Khabib, Khabib, father plan, stick to father plan. And it was father plan because that's what the plan that Khabib's dad told them to do because he couldn't travel in for visa problems. Um, oh, so he gotcha, gave the yeah. game plan to them to the camp. And he, I remember Javier kept yelling, like, Father Plan, please, just do the Father Plan. Stick to Father Plan. And Khabib was like, Father Plan, yeah. And he was like, okay, go do it. And then he wouldn't go do it. And he'd come back, he'd be like, okay, Khabib, I just need you to, like, pretend to take him down once. Just, like, just just fake it because we need to f- remember Father Plan? Remember Father Plan? And it was hilarious. It was, like, I think three three rounds, two rounds, I think. It was two rounds of, like, Javier, like, begging him, like, Father Plan, father plan and like he just wasn't doing it um and the other one was after the conor mcgregor stuff after he like leaped out the cage and attacked dylan danis and all this other shit and he was being interviewed about it he was like honestly i feel i think i think it was this time he talks about uh he's like i honestly i'm most worried they were like do you care but are you worried about the cops are you worried about like law um like you worried about any kind of uh of legal action against you like no no i don't really care i worry what my father will say actually now that i think about it what he's going to say when i speak to him and what he's going to do when i see him <laughs> like <laughs> he was like that was his genuine concern he was like my father's not going to be happy with me for doing all that like he's going to be very upset um because his father was was uh more than a wrestler like he was super into like the the, the credo of martial arts and yeah wrestling is a martial art but and, and like the there's an interview, I I think it's in Russia, where they're asking Khabib's dad about Conor McGregor. And mm. he and Khabib's dad was saying, like, if Conor wants to come to Dagestan, we will welcome him with open arms. He was like, uh, we have no, I have no problem with Conor McGregor. And they're like, what about Khabib? And he's like, there will be no problems if I have no problems with Conor McGregor in Dagestan. <laughs> he was like, basically saying, like, my word is rule and my rule is law in Dagestan when it comes to stuff like this. And it is fine. He's like, I forgive him for everything he's ever said. It's life's too short to like go through hating this man for just because he said some things. It's fine. If he wants to come train, he can come train. So good guy. Interesting. Yeah. It sucks that that happened. Um, it sucks that it happened, but it also, it's, it's, it's crazy to me how MMA keeps chucking along. Like, yeah. In all of this, in all of 2020, it's still like UFC 251. It's like Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway, which I don't know if you heard this, that fight coming up on Saturday, Max Holloway versus Volkanovsky. 
uh, for the rematch because uh, Max Holloway lost the belt to Volkanovski. Um, mm. They asked Max what training was like with COVID out in Hawaii. And Max goes, training. I haven't seen my coaches at all for the fight camp. And they, were, and, and they just went, what? What do you mean you haven't seen your coaches? He said, oh, I've just been talking to them on Zoom and showing them what I've been doing. And they've just been telling me stuff through like video face calls. And uh, when I meet up with them later in the week for weigh-ins will be the first time I physically see them for the past like three months. And so they said, wait, wait, wait. You accepted and trained for a title fight without physically sparring or physically being with any coach. And he was like, yeah, yeah. I just, I just talked to them. Just winging it. Wow. <laughs> well, it's like, uh, what's his name? Mike Perry. Oh. His girlfriend. He had his girlfriend. And he succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? It, man, 2020 is interesting, man. <laughs> Holy shit. 20 yeah 2020 is 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 great is um great in mma as far as just like yeah wacky crazy weird news about mma one of my favorite videos of mike perry is have you seen the mike perry darren till video no okay so they're outside of a hotel like they're they're at a fight card they think they both have fights and um you know darren till is like he's welsh so he has a super super heavy accent yeah. Um, yep. And Mike Perry just like he's like they're they're just hanging out. No, nobody's really talking. And then Mike Perry goes like, "Hey man, like how how's the how's the spar up there? Like like we're gonna do it?" And Darren Till is just like, "Oh yeah, up there." Like, oh, I, I can't do a Welsh accent, but he goes, uh, "What did you say?" He says, "Oh a spa, yeah. You want to go do a spa? Yeah, we could go do a spa." And he goes, "Yeah, well, like, do you have anything? I don't have I don't have my gloves or anything." And Darren goes, "Gloves, like for the spa." What would gloves? And he goes, yeah, like you know, spar. Mike Perry is saying spar, and Darren Till is taking as spa, like sauna, steam room, massages. <laughs> and then Darren's like, oh Christ, oh, and he's like shaking him. He's like, oh, you want a spa? I thought you were saying spa. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, we can spa, yeah. <laughs> I'll send you the video. It's fantastic. When like the light bulb goes off and Mike Perry's like, Yeah, why the fuck would I say spa? Like I, was like, I thought you wanted to have a spa, you know, like the two of us just going out for a spa up there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I can find gloves, yeah. You know it's funny because I feel like that that it would be a mistranslation if it was Darren Till asking Mike Perry that question. Yes. But the the fact that Mike literally said spar and he took it as spa, I, I, I think that's kind of interesting. <laughs> it's great. It's fucking great. But yeah, um, yeah, Mike Perry uh, won a fight with just his uh, just his girlfriend in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. You know, it's it's kind of like it comes to a certain point where if you know what your workout regimen should be, you know the drills. Um, I mean, if you have the mentality to push yourself and you have that strong willpower, do you need coaches? I mean, sure, yeah. it is nice to have somebody on, you know, looking from the outside to show you like, yeah, you know what? I don't like your footwork here. This is how you should do it. Maybe you should throw your punch like this when you're turning your fist this way. Right, right. Um, but realistically, I mean, if he, especially if he has, I, I don't know what the guy has. But if he has his own training videos, I mean, if you're training looking at yourself in a mirror, I mean, do you need a coach if you have a mirror, you're training right in front of a mirror? If Max Holloway wins and they say, what was the key to your success? And he says, <laughs> Zoom. No, he says the uh, Gracie home Sky. video uh, BJJ school. I went through. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I did the home uh, homeschooling BJJ videos from the Gracie Academy. <laughs> And that's all it took, man. I sharpened up my guillotine just like that. My yeah. my mount transitions, like thanks to these videos, look what I was able to do. Like that would be insane. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I I think first of all, I think this card's going to be nuts this weekend. I think it's going to be absolutely insane. But um, yeah, what's insane to me is that hasn't come out yet. 
like people it hasn't been known that and by come out yet i mean the knowledge that some fighters are training without coaches yeah like i remember cowboy was kind of revolutionary when he came out and said he's like i just stopped sparring he was like i don't need to spar in camp i don't need extra damage i don't need the wear and tear i already know how to fight i've been fighting since i was 18 i don't need to like you know I don't need to work on learning how to fight somebody in a sparring situation. Um, he kind of shook. I, sh- I think he, he shook a lot of people's mindsets of, of, Hey, you maybe don't need to go to war in the gym or spar hard or, or worry about a possible injury or, and then go in not at a hundred percent into a fight when, when I already know how to do it. I, I think, I think he changed his mind because I think for him he said it was a mental thing. He needed to be in the 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 war mindset from sparring. I think mm. he's, he went back and reneged on that. But um, there's a good amount of people that don't that don't hard spar like uh, like Darren Till, for example, is notorious for hard sparring. Like GSP was known for hard sparring. I think I told you this, but like the uh, the Farasa Hobby Joe Rogan episode. For us, like, Joe asked him that because Joe brought that up. Like, oh, there's a lot of camps now where guys aren't actually sparring. Like, how did you do it with George? And for us, said, with George? Oh, George, I would try. To, I would get guys that would try to kill George. He was like, and Joe was shocked. He was he was saying, wait, what? You, what do you mean you're trying to kill George? In training camps? Frost was like, oh, yeah, I would pull the guys aside before they've sparred. And I would say, if you can knock them out, I'll give you $500 cash. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Joe was and Joe was just laughing. I remember he was just he was in shock. I was in shock. I was like, "Why would you do that to George? What are you doing?" And Frost was just like, "No, that's that's how I train George. I train George to go out there and kill or be killed. And you know, when it came to training and sparring, like we went hard. You know, and whenever it was spar day, George do it was show up to fight." And he was like, the funny thing is, they never came close. So that's why I knew it was fine because <laughs> <laughs> they would get in there and they would like they, they would think they had a chance. They would start and then George would just take over and it just wouldn't be a mm. thing. And I'd be like, cool, I'm saving money now because I'm not going to have to pay this guy because he's not going to touch him. Um, yeah. So, yeah, which is also terrifying that if you can you imagine being in a martial artist and then you go into a cage because you were selected to be a sparring partner for George St. Pierre. And George's, like, notorious, like, sport-known, like, f- famous trainer, Farasa Hobby, says, I want you to knock George St. Pierre out. Fuck him up. Mm. You need to knock him out in this, in this sparring round. I will give you $500 cash if you do it in this next five-minute round. You knock him out. And you go in there, and there's George across the cage. And you're like, all right, I just got to knock out George St. Pierre for a nice little sweet cash bonus. Here we go. And then imagine, like, I can imagine George starts off, like, just, like, testing stuff out. And you, you just go wild for a second. And then George just goes, oh, okay, we're doing this. And the next thing you know, you're flying through the air because he just double blasted you down into the ground. And then just starts, like, pounding your shit in. It's just like, oh, my God, this is a bad idea. Why did I do this? <laughs> oh man yeah so so yeah that's um (laughs) i sent you the darren video just so you know yeah yeah i saw i I got it no i I think it's very interesting because i know we've talked about this in a previous episode about um people going hard it might have i want to say it might have been based off of uh I, i forgot who the fighter was um I mean, it was literally like, I, I don't know if he was breaking people's arms or, I know people were getting like severely injured uh, or, or or knocked out. Like he, this guy was like trying to knock out his sparring partners and stuff like that. And uh, um, I think it's kind of interesting because I actually agree with that in a weird sense. Like it, I feel like a, with a person like GSP, you do have to train to that extent, right? But then I also feel like with certain fighters, they should just go maybe 25% power, but try to get the speed in at least. So you're getting the speed of the attack, but not the power of it, just so you can learn to, you know, evade and counter and work on certain techniques. Um, Do I feel like everybody should go full force? No. Um, 
I just, it's weird. Like, I, I, I feel like there are just certain people that have to train at a certain caliber. Oh, yeah, I don't think you're wrong. I think, I think, I, I think for me, I, I think for me, from my experience, the technique drilling is what I needed the most. Like, mm. like the hard, like Rondori shit was great. And, and I, for me, it was super necessary, especially mm. like, like you weren't there for, uh, Sensei Fusco's, um, stuff, but when it was just like him and me and, uh, Sensei Neely at the second location or at the third location, technically, um, it was like, basically Fusco would just say, all right, I want you to take me down. Like that was the, it was just go take me down. Just no time limit. There's no rules. You take me down. Or it would be like, I want you to, I want you to hit me. Like you need to hit me, not my guard. You need to hit me in the stomach. Go just make it happen. And for me, I like that a lot because I felt more loose than that versus Rondori because in like the traditional Rondori stuff, I felt like I had to perform to sensei's expectations and standards of techniques compared to like just get it done and i know since he was at the bottom at the end of the day he's like happy if you just succeeded but i had right. a personal pressure on me to be like no i've spent so much time doing this i need to be able to do like this move or this move and, and this rondori um so i think the technique stuff is fantastic but i do think not so much like going to war trying to kill each other but like the hard moments are necessary you need to have the hard moments on some level i think mm. i think as as if i were managing a career it would be a very delicate balance to minimize the damage and risk as a career goes on because you accumulate it over time no matter what um yeah so it's it's going to be different per person but for me at least i've really enjoyed those times when we did what hard because i like like we talked about just a few episodes ago, we know what it's like to be gassed to the point where you can't move your limbs. Because yeah. we didn't have time limits when we did shit in the dojo. With us, it was just since it was like, okay, here comes you know, like here comes Jay. Just either you stop him or he stops you. Just go and that's it. And and mm -hmm. like remember, we just be laying there. He's like, why are you not moving? Like there's no ref. There's no like end of the. There's no rounds. There's no refs. Go like keep going. Don't stop. Yep. And I think um, I think that gave me a huge perspective into fighting. It gave me a huge perspective into watching MMA. Like nothing nothing makes me grind my teeth more than when I hear the boos when two guys are leaning on the fence. And it's like, bro, it's like the end of round like two. Like I get it. Or beginning of round yeah. three. And these guys are gassed from what they've done. And I know what that gassed feeling feels like. Like, mm -hmm. dude, I get it. Like, I 100% understand. Stop booing. Let them take a, a moment and then let them keep going. Um, or when they're doing, like, the, the soft hits because that's all they can muster. They're, like, in a clinch. And they're yep. just like, oh, uh, oh. Uh. Like, throwing hits like this, like this speed, just, like, yeah. knocking on the face. And it's like, that's not really doing much, but it's, it's just showing activity. But, like, you don't, you could just go back to hand fighting and, like, proper, like, wrist control and shit like that in those positions. You just fucking stop. <laughs> You're not going to really stop. Um, yeah, I remember w even with my experience uh, in jujitsu, um, and I believe it was for a, it was a belt test. I don't know if it was for my yellow or my orange belt, but I remember doing that. And Sensei literally was like, "All right, literally, like I don't want more than five seconds per person." Uh, and, and of course, I was in the center, and he's like, "All right, go, <laughs> you know, full waza, let's go, yeah. go, 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 get in, Mike. You do what you got to do." Next person, that guy gets out, other person goes in. And it got to the point where he had to stop it because I was seeing three of everybody. Like, I remember you would come up to me. I didn't know which one was the real you. <laughs> and I and I felt that way, exactly what you described. Like, my, my arms were just weak. Like, I would try to deflect it, and I'm, like, wobbling over. And I think it was Dylan... After, because I, I, he he said to stop, and I think since I went to use the bathroom or something, and Dylan comes up to me, he's like, "Dude, your lips were purple." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> I didn't even realize what was happening. I I was just dizzy. He's like, "Yeah, do, are, like, are you good?" <laughs> but <laughs> he's like, "Your lips are purple." I was like, "Wow." 
I mean, yeah. I mean, like like you were describing before, you know, with the guys on. Like I, I, I totally get it. Like I in and those guys are in shape. Yes, you know. <laughs> yes. So these are guys that you know. Well, most of them that work on cardio and endurance, and if they have to take a break, I can only imagine what goes on in the cage that 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 led up to that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's so just, yeah, and that was you know that was by design. Like Sensei wanted us to be beyond to a point of exhaustion where we couldn't function to see how we responded. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like I get that, and we did it. But now we know. Like I exactly. know that I can't defend myself if I'm exhausted, and that's I remember. I think I remember having that mantra. You know, um, cardio kills. I think that was mm. the mantra that I started. I don't know if I was working out with you at the time, but like. I went hardcore off the deep end into cardio work because I was like, legs feed the wolf, you know, like cardio kills. And I know I can out cardio you. I don't need to be the most Mm -hmm. power. I don't need to Mike Tyson your face off. I don't need to, you know, um, pull like a Brian Ortega flying arm bars, some shit. I don't need to do any of that. Like I need to out cardio you. If I can hold positions on you and if I can keep you moving and I can, I can get you to, I can force you into scrambles. I, if I know I can out cardio you, out cardio you in the scrambles, oh, I got you. Like the confidence, like I, I definitely did this with uh with one of the classmates that joined. Like when you know you have you don't I know I don't have the strength and I know I don't have the technique, but just being like Velcro and having the mm-hmm. cardio is enough to for me to a certain extent to remain in the fight because it's like oh I can feel you getting tired. And now my bad technique can beat your tired technique <laughs> because I have better cardio than you. So it's like that's that's fine. Like like when we when we were rolling uh, when we were doing gi was it gi or no gi when we were doing whatever when we were rolling around and just and just doing some stuff on the mats. I remember remember you had me in that lockdown position and I was like all right well mm-hmm. I know your arms are gonna get tired and eventually your arms loosened up just enough for me to shake and shimmy myself out because I was like okay yeah. cool your, yep. your arms are gonna get tired because. I'm safe here. I can I can move eventually because you can't hold it forever. Yeah, yeah, very true. I think what's interesting with you too is, I mean, if if you were in that, I I actually remember this more when we were in class. Um, you would just ragdoll, like you would not. You would get a hold of the person like really well, and then. The it's you know those toys where it's like a stand up doll and they push the button and then the thing just like <laughs> goes limp and then you let go of the button and it like stands back up again. Yeah, it cuts the string. That's how I've always perceived you in jujitsu. Like I remember just doing stand up work and I would have to try to take you to the ground, but like you wouldn't go with uh, the way people were taught to also go down. Like you just whatever physics did you just went along with physics <laughs> and you actually made it more challenging but it was interesting too because then it kind of had me thinking of different ways like oh shit we were taught that the body like your opponent is supposed to go this way but he's doing this thing right now his legs are literally dragging on the ground <laughs> i'm trying to pull this guy in a certain position and you would just but again you would hold the position <laughs> but the rest of your body would just ragdoll and that was really interesting because I don't think we see that a lot in training. You know, you're kind of taught like, okay, well, all right, this one's going to take you down. So get ready to do this break fall and turn your body this way. But you you would do that maybe half the time. And then the other 50%, you would just surprise me with this, like, your body going limp. But you just, you had this death grip. It was amazing. Yeah, I remember... Um I think it was bear hugging. I would bear hug and I would like yeah. squeeze like a motherfucker. And then like if you move to try to th- like twist me around, I just like my lower body just nope. And it was just like dragging <laughs> and I would just be like being flung around while I, while I stayed attached. Velcro. Like I said, Velcro. I would just like stay attached and just, and just <laughs> yeah. grip down and just squeeze. It's funny because um, both senseis were shocked when I was like, I don't know how to do a good rear naked choke. They're like, what do you mean you don't know how to do a good rear naked choke? And I was like, I don't, I've, I never really did them and it wasn't really taught. And they're like, you just squeeze. And I was like, I don't know what you mean. And they eventually I got it, but they were like, you squeeze on shit all the time. You're like, you, <laughs> you clamp on, you clamp good, like all the time. You're like, you have good yeah. holds. I don't know why you don't just like 
do that. And then once I figured out how to do it, it helped a lot. But, um, but yeah, but yeah, <laughs> I remember this. I forgot that I used to do, I forgot that I did that. Cause I didn't consciously do that. That was just my body responding to the motion. It would just be like, it would just be, it would just go with the flow. So it wasn't until you just said that where I just remembered I used to do that. <laughs> Maybe you were so focused on the grip that your body just gave out. Maybe that's what it was. You I mean, every, I was, you know, you put everything into it. I'll tell you what, it works though. <laughs> and you confuse the hell, hell out of the guy that's trying to get out of it. Cause I remember, so I remember it, the it, amount of it times, works. I remember the amount of times I would be thrown in gi and I would have a grip on somebody's gi and I would be on the ground and I would drag the person with me. Because I was just holding on so tight, and then like you, so instead yeah. of like releasing from the hip and then standing back up, the my the person with me would be like dragged into a like a squat or a bend over bent over position because I would just like mm-hmm. hold them with me. I remember yeah. that. I remember that. And then I remember Sensei yelling at me because he was like, "You're gonna get hurt because like you should go with the move so you fall that way and not just like get ragdolled all over the place." <laughs> well, that's the thing too, right? Is the, the the whole point of jujitsu tonight, and I will wrap this up soon because I I know you got to get going. But um, the whole point is to use the opponent's energy against them. But it's almost like with you, you 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 do this interesting thing with that. It's um, I'm the one that's supposed to be using your energy against you, yet it's like you're forcing me to use my energy against myself. If that makes any sense, like I, I'm supposed to take your energy and use it against you to take you down, but somehow when you do that ragdoll, it, it's like you said. Now all of a sudden, I'm being forced to go down because you're going down. Yeah. Again, something that's kind of unorthodox, but somewhat helpful because it's again you get in. It's like. You, you're messing with the the person mentally. It's like, well, holy shit, like, what do I do in this situation? I think it's actually a very interesting uh, survival technique, fighting technique. I think I did it because, well, as you know, because we trained together, Sensei was, Sensei Neely was so, like, don't baby this. Like, mm-hmm. he was like, when I say, like, grab me like you're going to throw me or choke me, I mean, grab me like you're going to throw me or choke. He was never like, don't just, gr-. when I say grab my wrist and my lapel, I don't mean, like, put your hands on my wrist and lapel, like grab me and pull me like, and try to yank me down. Like, Oh, I like, see. Uh, and I think, yeah. I think the amount of times that I would do it the way he wanted and he was so skilled, he knew how to do exactly what he was trying to do, which is to use that, that energy of me trying to yank him down and transitioning yep. him to like a throw that like, I think my body just involuntarily was like, you're going to go into a painful place when you do this. So just let it happen. <laughs> just like, <laughs> You're going to get ragdolled here. You might as well just go with it. My body's being like, okay, just getting thrown. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's maybe what it was like, because I always did that. Cause it was always like, he didn't know how he was. He was like, punch me, like actually punch me. Cause if I get hit, it's my fault for not treating your punch as being a serious punch. So punch me or like choke me or throw me or, or like, you know, grip, like grab my lapels and like, you know, like try to like, like burn my neck with the lapels like like he was vicious you know we always talk about our time in there like when i say it out loud it's like uh <laughs> those were vicious well, we classes man those were <laughs> yeah a lot of dried blood on those geese um oh yeah i i i think it, it was my preservation act of just like going through because it was never like a gentle we never there was no such thing as a gentle soft class and i trained with right tra- yeah trained with him for six years straight yeah. Like never a soft class, never a class off, never taking it easy, never taking a break. And it was just my body, I think, just trying to defend itself. It's like you're gonna get thrown again. Um, so or you're gonna land on your back or your side, or you're gonna get like what was like God, I don't remember. Oh, I remember. It was like a bear hug to like a foot stomp, and then he like grabbed my hair. And like whipped me over by my hair, like <laughs> over his shoulder. <laughs> he like stomped on my foot. I let go of the grip, which is the problem. And then he grabbed me by like the uh, like underneath my chin. Like he hooked his fingers oh, into my yeah. chin, and then grabbed the back of my head by the hair and like threw my body by my skull. <laughs> like 
And it's like, that was just another Friday class. Like, that was nothing like, oh, man, it's rock door time. It was just like, I was bear hugging him. And he was like, that's not a bear hug. Bear hug me as if you're trying to, like, hold me so somebody else can hit me. Like, it's like, okay. Ah! And then that she's like, boom, boom, woof. And I think just bec- you get that enough times, your body just just says, "Let it happen." I think that's what it is. Yeah, I'm glad that it turned out to be like a thing that's sometimes advantageous for me, and like based off of your uh, your stories here. But um, mm. it definitely didn't come from me sitting at night thinking, "What's a great way to defend myself?" Like in a transition, <laughs> like, "Oh man, what if I just like lost all body weight and cut my strings and then had to use my body weight?" To- that was not what it was at all. It was like. How do I make this hurt less? Um, don't resist it. <laughs> yeah. Let it happen. I think that's what it was. <laughs> well, it's effective. Well, it's good. Regardless. It's good. I got I to try it out again. I got to... I don't know. I'm not really... I think martial arts is probably the last place you, sh- you should be for trying to avoid disease transmission. But I think... Uh, I don't know if I have the itch for it yet still. I think I there's so much still going on with COVID. Like, just the fact I haven't been in a gym, haven't played hockey and stuff like that. I think it's all just... There's other things that are priorities, but... Um, but, yeah. We'll see. We'll see what the future yeah, holds. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right. Well, do you want to sign off or something? You started it. How about you end it? <sighs> sure. Uh, yeah, so just to sum it up, man. You know, like, like I said, I'm back on track. Um... You know, I'm disciplining myself again. Today was day one. I'm going to go the rest of the week, uh, you know, water fasting. Um, and you are getting back into hockey practice. Hopefully that goes well. Hopefully. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that should be the thing is just, again, inspiration, determination, motivation. Um Hopefully, you know, hockey goes well for you. Hopefully, I can stay on track with the dieting, get motivated to exercise, get physical again. And, uh, you know, next next podcast, hopefully, we both have some decent results and stories to tell. Hell yeah, buddy. And hopefully, we have uh, we have some championship updates on the, uh, I think it's three title fights this weekend. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to this card, yeah. this main event. It's going to be good. So, All right, buddy. Thanks for the well wishes. Yeah. Yeah, man. All right, man. Talk to you in two weeks. Yes. Yeah. All right. Peace. Uh, Peace.